Welcome to Occam's Razor, episode seven. I'm your host, Jim Birchall, and today's very special guest for the second time, Mark Capel, paranormal investigator. How are you today, Mark? Uh, very good. Thanks, Jim. It's a bit soggy outside, isn't it? Yes, that's uh, the nature of Auckland weather. Nature of Auckland weather. We're broadcasting live from Auckland, New Zealand. Um, if you haven't heard the show before, it's basically based on the law of parsimony. So Occam's razor means the most likely explanation is usually the correct one. And that's what I try and determine on this show, but it doesn't always go that way. Today, Mark, who is an experienced paranormal investigator, he lived in the US for 20 years and has been doing uh, inquiries into the unknown for the past 10 uh, I was very interested. He mentioned to me he had visited the Skinwalker Ranch. Um, now, it's in Utah, isn't it? That's right. It's in northeastern Utah. Northeastern Utah. For those who don't know, the Skinwalker Ranch is an area purported um, to house paranormal activity, uh, everything from UFOs to Bigfoots to apparently giant wolves manifesting and things like that. So, as you can imagine, this really sparked my interest, uh, and that's why I've got you back again, Mark, because you're a relative fountain of knowledge on all things paranormal. So, you've obviously visited Skinwalker Ranch. Tell us about it, who owns it, and the history. Well, it's been owned by uh, different people over the years. Uh, I went there in mid-2013 with my then-girlfriend. Um, I had heard about it. Um, through, uh, I believe it was George Knapp, the investigative reporter with KLS uh, TV in Las Vegas. Now, he was the one who, who blew open the uh, Bob Lazar thing in the 80s, didn't he? That's right, yes. Okay. Uh, so it um, <clears throat> has, was uh, owned, uh, the Skinwalker Ranch um, is in the uh, what they call the Uinta Basin, surrounded by these beautiful mountains. Uh, there's also oil fields around the, uh, when I was there, I could kind of smell the oil in the air. Sure. And there's a lot of like dinosaur kind of fossils and that kind mm. of interesting. So it's a prehistoric area. Is oh, for sure, there. yes. Yeah, it's got some um, valuable minerals as well that uh, are very rare as well, that was very well sort yep. of in history. Uh, I can't remember what the name of those were. Um, it was uh, the so, so anyway, the Skinwalker Ranch area does have a, quite a history with um, UFOs and very strange things, creatures, ghosts. Um, there were are these are these local legends or are they just um, you know documented cases or what's that? There's a combination of both. Yep. Um, there was uh, a school teacher. Well, there's a school teacher by by the name of. Um, Junior uh, Joe Hicks, as he's known, he's uh, I believe he's a science teacher, but he had gathered um, some 400 or so incidents of UFO sightings. These were like major ones where they had been seen during the daytime landing on the ground and also occupants of these craft being seen. And many of the it's just a small community over there. And um, so he had. Um, uh, registered all of these incidents, went and interviewed people. He had gained a lot of trust with the people there because he was a local, and so people feel like they could um, go and talk to him about these these things, what they'd seen. Sure. Okay. Was he a Native American or...? Uh, no. No, I, I believe he was um, LDS or Mormon. I believe he... Okay, because we're in Utah, aren't we? That's so right. It's, it's that's dominated by... Um, right, Mormons. that's the stronghold there. Sure. And these the stories coming out of this emanating from the area we now know as Skinwalker Ranch, 
do they have a timeline on them? Um, are they just in recorded history or is it more of a recent phenomenon or is it ancient sort of stuff? Well, the thing that really broke the story on, on that area was um, back in 1994, there was an article published in, in the Deseret News, which is a local uh, newspaper over there in, in uh, uh, was it Salt Lake City, um, a story on this haunted ranch that strange things were happening like cattle mutilations. Um, this that cattle mutilations seems to be a recurring theme in, in anything UFO, doesn't it? Yes. Um, in fact... Um, you know, it's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's yes, not, it's yes. Not it's not, not just located yeah. there, yes. And um, some people, even like over in the UK, people reported seeing strange lights in the sky um, just before... Um, animals get taken or before they get mutilated. Um, uh, George Knapp kind of made a joke about when I said mutilated on my documentary because he said mutilated, you know. So, mutilated. Yes. Oh, yeah. so he'd be nice plan words. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, th- there's a lot. It's pretty much what is called the Area 51 of the paranormal. Um, this man by the name of Terry Sherman uh, purchased this ranch, 580-acre ranch, and strange things started happening there. When, sorry, when did he purchase it? It was in the 30s or 40s? Or no, something. this was uh, pretty recent. Oh, was it? Okay. Yes, this is 1994. Had it been with a, um, a family in the past uh, for quite some time? Is this what I seem to recall? Yes, with the uh, Myers family. I don't know very much about them. Okay. Um, I guess they were pretty tight-lipped about Anything George Knapp um, um, and um, Colm Callagher, who was one of the research senior scientists um, that was there, studied what was what went on. They co-authored a book called "Hunt for the Skinwalker," okay. which actually um, uh, logged a lot of what happened there um, by locals and also by the farmer himself, Terry Sherman. Okay. Now, of course, he uh, he uses an alias in his book. Why does he use an alias in his book? Well, he just promised um, um, Terry that he would try to protect the family from any um, negative notoriety. Mm-hmm. Um, they already had suffered a lot of backlash from people making fun of them. Yeah. Uh, of course, if there's a haunted ranch, you. So gonna- it's just it's just the old story of ridicule. You know, you see something spooky in the sky, and and you you don't want to tell anyone because it'll point and laugh at you. Yeah, pretty much that. And Small town living, right? Oh, yeah, similar to uh, here in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, did you um, – now, sorry, you visited the place yourself, Skinwalker Ranch. I assume you can only really get to the outer limits, the perimeters of it? Yes. it's As I say, it's an Area 51 of the paranormal. One of the reasons is it's because it is patrolled 24-7 by ex-military um, guards, armed guards who, who patrol the perimeter to keep – trespassers out and curiosity seekers. Now, there's a lot of uh, people that have you know heavy interest in this, and so some people try to and and do occasionally trespass the property, and it caused a lot of trouble for the um, the caretakers of the ranch who who sort of took over after it got sold off. So people like you sort of jump in the fence and well, I kind of look around. <laughs> I, I was I, I did everything legal. Um, yep. I was always on public land. Some of the land that I was on, like on the front gate. Um, they actually uh, bought out uh, Robert Bigelow at the time had bought out the public 
road. There's a little stone road that goes up to the gate. They had at the time they had concrete barriers to slow any vehicles coming down. And basically, it's similar to like an area fifty one where you get the guards will steer you down. They'll 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 try to scare you off. They sent dogs out at us. So it's really it's passive aggressive sort of security. Yes, for okay. sure. Yeah. They're saying, you know, don't come in because bad things will happen to you. Yes. and So um, don't push your luck. Well, they just we, they don't know what could happen with this phenomenon, whether it might actually harm people. It has actually killed animals, taken animals. Mm-hmm. Very bad things have happened in the past. Um, not uh, to humans so much, but more so like animals, dogs, cats. Now, the, this book and the and associated stories obviously inspired Robert Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace, to to buy the property. Did he buy that sort of in the mid-90s around there or was it a later acquisition? Um, he purchased, I believe it was in 1996. Um, the Shermans could barely handle They lost a lot of their livestock, yep. high-end, expensive cattle to the mutilations and just straight out disappearances the footprints the hoof prints would actually just disappear in the snow was there any investigation into just cattle rustling or anything like that um i i believe um um, that some of the police had looked looked into things in that Mm -hmm. area and also in other areas just up the road there's the um the huge tribal police up the road and then i tell they're down there in a minute if anybody's causing any trouble they are They zoomed down Okay, there. so it's tribal lands as well. Yes, it's surrounded by Ute tribal land. Okay. But that parcel itself is in tribal land? No. Or it was originally and it was, was acquired um, in inverted I, commas? I, I don't know how it was originally acquired, but <laughs> okay. it, it had been private land for quite some time. Okay. So it wasn't a new thing? Right. No. Oh. Um, excellent. All right, we'll keep going with your discussion. I mean, sorry, keep going with your uh, insight into, into your visit to the perimeter. Well, it, there's been lots of reports of things that happened there, um, not just with the Sherman family, but also with people that uh, lived um, in the surrounding area, Fort Deschange. Uh, it's just a very small, like a country kind of town. Sure. There are people, it's kind of very close-knit. Um, about half of the population's estimated has seen things, not just UFOs, but all kinds of like, cryptid kind of things, uh, giant wolf, skinwalker kind of things, Bigfoot kinds of creatures, uh, various UFOs. One of the type was seen was the cigar shape, uh, also the typical saucer that we've all heard about. Mm-hmm. Um, there were all kinds of UFOs seen on the ranch, okay. um, not only by the rancher but also by neighbours. Um, I, I have read comments um, saying that the Myers said it was just a load of rubbish, the story in the book, that it was just made up so they could sell this property. Well, why would somebody sell this beautiful property that, that they got at a good price at the time um, and and their stock have their stock just get killed off? Well, and also why would a man like Robert Bigelow, who's made his money in, in hotels and so forth, invest his money in something that he didn't think he was going to return on? Right, he he. Because rich people don't do that, I can assure no. you. No, well, he's um, he's a very interesting man. He, um, he has. Um, I've seen him on a couple of TV shows. You know, sort of got cornered by uh, Jesse Ventura on one of his conspiracy shows or something. Oh yes. Um, but he was pretty affable, and he, um, you know, he was seemed quite upfront to me about it. So, um, didn't look anything particularly sinister about him. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I actually have a lot of respect for the man. I mean, not only did he um, have well, has his own uh, budget suites um, hotel chain, which is very successful, but also he's an aerospace entrepreneur. He actually has uh, contracts with NASA. Um, he actually built these inflatable um, uh, little connections that could connect to like the um, space stations going around the Earth, mm-hmm. um, and so he's. His, his family had had, uh, from my understanding, had had some close encounters in the past. Okay. So he had a personal interest. I don't know that he did personally, but uh, he has invested probably more than anybody, any private individual in history, known history. He's the kind of guy we'd, we'd like on the show here and really apply Occam's razor to what he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's very hard to get. Yeah, I know. I might just Twitter him or something and see what happens. <laughs> I think you might have to probably do a Jesse Ventura. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, do a gorilla style because oh, okay. he, he very rarely accepts interviews. Yeah. No, okay. Well, I'll give it a go. We'll do anything on uh, Occam's Razor to get a get a scoop. So when you went there, um, first question, I suppose, you're obviously only in the perimeter of the area, but... Um, did you capture any anomalies, anything unusual? I mean, this is a hell of a laundry list, isn't it? Um, UFOs, Bigfoots, giant wolves manifesting, um, you know, snakes eating cows. You know, I threw that one in, but you know okay, what I mean? yeah, I was, I was, there's all sorts yeah. of mayhem going on there. So did you catch anything yourself? Um, I, when I went there, I tried to keep an open mind. I didn't know what was going to happen. I actually went there to see if I could get UFOs on camera. Actually, I had a close encounter earlier that year so i actually joined uh las vegas ufo hunters and went sky watching a lot with them so i could identify satellites and things in the sky i I understand what certain flashes in the sky mean and that so i don't just given to just anything that you know could be paranormal but i um went there and actually captured uh, on camera the strength now when i went there it was really windy it was storms on the horizon there were gale force winds very Bad conditions for sound, uh, even with having um, like a little fluffy over my, my mic, um, it's still the wind came through. Now, I was told by um, uh, a author, uh, Ryan Burns, who wrote a book on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, there's been a number, and uh, he told me that the best time to go there is during storms when a lot of activity occurs. So I was there during storms when there's a lot of electricity in the air. Possibly so. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's a theory. Um, anyway, I was at what they call self um, vantage point, um, which I was actually on one of the public roads. I had infrared cameras. I had uh, point of view cameras I was wearing. I was running all these different uh, paranormal uh, devices, capture devices. And I saw these light anomalies. This is, this is at night. I had these lights that came right up to me and did a 90-degree turn right in front of my face. And this was going against the gale force winds. So it wasn't an insect or some kind of bird. It was really bizarre. It happened very quickly. I slowed the footage down on camera, and these these weird light anomalies come right up to me and go slow down and go right in front of my face. Like that, they're checking so me out. that rules out sort of fireflies. I'm not sure the entomology of of uh, Utah, but fireflies would be a consideration, but you're saying the wind was too strong for yeah, the, the, to them it, swim against it? Yes, it, it was gale force winds. It was enough wind that was shaking the car. And so I ruled that out. I, I ruled out any kind of reflection because right in front of me there was just um, 
farmland and there was nothing that could be reflective. Um, I, I was by a road where you get the occasional uh, truck would go along, an occasional car. Back occasionally we had people pull over to talk to us um, uh, about their experiences and encounters um, there, which was quite interesting. Uh, so that was like the um, Friday night, um, and I picked up some very weird EVPs or electronic voice phenomena, as it's known otherwise. Um, what was really bizarre was the, the, the next night when I went over to UFO Hill, as known by the locals, which is like northwest of the ranch, about a mile and a half away, so pretty far away. So I'm going to assume that's where a place where the most sightings occur. Um, that's where things happen. It's okay. not just ranch, but even just in the area right around the ranch. Yep. I mean, the ranch is the epicenter where the suspected portals are, where things have been seen coming through. But things have been seen coming through the Bottle Hollow Lake, uh, which is right by there too. Uh, they've seen craft. People have seen craft going in the waters of the lake, coming out of the waters of the lake. Um, but anyway, we went on to um, UFO Hill there. I set up my cameras and um, I, I didn't know what to expect. I went there just to see if I could get any UFOs on camera. That was basically uh, Skinwalker Ranch is you can go there for one thing and you get something else. And it doesn't matter whether you're a skeptic or whatever. People So it's get- a smorgasbord for paranormal. Yes, in a yes. Way. A bunch of things happen. Um, (laughs) It's crazy, and that's why it's so well known. Um, And I know some people just, you know, claim that the stuff is made up. But uh, we were there. um, um, We actually had a tribal police officer. Um, I I had all my my laptop set up. Uh, Actually, it was this one here I have here with me. Um, I had everything set up to be as discreet as possible because you're on this this hill that overlooks all the farmland around there. So I thought if there's anything that shows up, we could see the skies uh, above Skinwalker Ranch and we could see the ridge uh, point where there's these red rocks that um, that um, overlook the ranch there where a lot of things have seen happening. We were there and um, uh, there was a loud explosion right by us. Uh, and this is in, in like pitch blackness out in the area. Nobody was living around that area. There's a very steep embankment that goes down. Nobody can creep it up upon you. It's very hard, to, very kind of rocky, dangerous terrain, very steep area right below us. We heard this explosion. I thought one of my battery packs had exploded. So I checked at all my, my video equipment and I couldn't find any reason for this. I didn't know what it was. It wasn't your Samsung S8, was it? Um, Those are known to blow up. No, no, none of my cameras blew up. Not, none of my equipment failed. And uh, it wasn't until later I actually went over the footage where I realized what happened. Now, in conjunction to this explosion, I mean, it was so loud that I, I, it sounded like a little bomb going off. It was actually pretty scary. And um, we heard this strange, like, some kind of animal sound. Um, if you can imagine, it sounds funny, but if you can imagine like a Chewbacca it's kind of, I'd say kind of like that. So one of those sort of classic guttural um, yeah. uh, noises they hear yeah. like Bigfoots and stuff. It was bizarre. Man. Yeah. It was really bizarre. Uh, Michelle, my girlfriend at the time, heard it. And uh, we, it was pretty eerie being up there. I caught it with the sound on my, my audio. What uh, sort of wildlife do they have in the area? What, uh, well, what that, could it be attributed well, to? Well, there's coyotes. I mean, I listen to different footage. Because um, coyotes can sound pretty pretty spooky, really, if you're listening for something, can't they? Well, well yes, you're right. Um I've they had, communicate with each other over long distances, don't they? So they, they, it's, you know, they have those big, long howls. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've listened to that. I also had placed the footage up on YouTube. There's well over 250,000 people that have listened to this footage. No one's come up. Uh, I look, I'm, to be honest, I am not I'm experienced with the wildlife in the area. I did live in Provo for a little bit when I was going to university, but uh, um, nobody has come up to me and say and said, hey, this is what the sound is. We've ID'd the sound. Nobody has. Yeah. It's kind of similar to some of the stuff going on in my research area here in New Zealand. Very, yeah. very weird stuff. Okay. that's That sounds fascinating, honestly. Um I'm just sitting here just going, well, how can I visit? Is there tickets? Can we get in? Probably not. Um, well, the Robert Bigelow had bought the ranch off the Shermans. Uh, he got a really good deal on it. Then he sold it again recently for, I think it was about $4.5 million. Right? He made a huge profit, almost like here in New Zealand and Auckland, yeah. the housing. <laughs> but, um, but now, from what I've read, um, his scientists basically bought in the best of the best to you know, see if there was any validity to any of the claims in the area. Um, their, their research was a bit inconclusive, um, from what I've been told. Um, they didn't really determine too much. But the general consensus was that it's a it's a place where weird weird stuff happens, um, and they can't quite explain why it happens. But you know, from pure, pure scientific point of view, they didn't collate enough evidence to obviously to convince Mister Bigelow to keep the land and not sell it for a four million dollar profit. Well, I don't know. I maybe he just wanted to continue with his space um, work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suspect that he may have been interested in technology, ET technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, can you imagine the advantage of technology that could be, who knows how far advanced ahead of us, mm-hmm. how useful that would be in the aerospace industry? That's a suspicion. Yeah. But I think you know, I had a personal interest as well. Um, sorry, what was um, what was the question? I sort of lost lost train of thought there. So did I. It's a trail off and something else. That's okay. Basically, we're talking about uh, Robert Bigelow um, and the scientists that he had, he had on board. Um, oh, not, yes. Not really determining yes. anything. Um, um, and then him yeah. selling the ranch. You could see from a sceptical point of view how that would look. Well, we didn't find anything because it was a load of rubbish and he's a smart businessman and he's decided just to sell the land at a huge product. Well, he, he put a lot of money. I mean, he had people like uh, former astronaut Edgar Mitchell, uh, Jacques Vallée, people um, that uh, uh, PhD level scientists across the science spectrum mm-hmm. and they did use the scientific method. But the problem is with this is Maybe it's outside the scientific yeah, method. Yeah, it doesn't work when you're dealing with things that are aware of you or more intelligent. But isn't that uh, just a convenient excuse as well? Well, you could say that, yeah. but but anything... What do you think? Well, I think that anything that's very well aware of us uh, and doesn't... Uh, the, the phenomenon does not want to be recorded. And I feel that you've got to connect on a spiritual, empathetic level. See, they were doing a very clinical way. I would have used kind of more my way where I connect on a more of a personal level, which I think they it connects to more on personal so you, level. you're saying like these these beings, you have to connect with them, you know, empathetically. So are you saying that's because they're more of a spiritual thing? They're like um, in a more, more apparition-based or are they interdimensional beings or are they aliens? Uh, that only communicate with us through, you know, ESP and that sort of thing. Well, um, Jacques Vallée. Uh, Sorry, who's Jacques Vallée? Well, um, he's um, worked with, um, I'm trying to remember his name, the 
Oh, Hynek, Alan, Alan Hayek, Jay Hayek, uh, was, uh, worked for the US government as, I believe, the chief astronomer, some major role like that. Uh, Jacques Vallée had worked with him. Uh, basically, he started out um, um, uh, as a skeptic, investigating all these UFO reports, trying to write them all off, and began to realize after a while that there was like about 5% of these cases they could not explain uh, with weather phenomena, anything that's astrophysics. So um, Jacques Vallée um, uh, has written some books on the subject. Um, he has done a lot of investigating. Uh, he was one of the uh, people that were involved uh, with the uh, NIDS, they call them the National Institute for Discovery Science. Um, quite an impressive um, amount of science that had been put into this. I mean, like unlike anything else done on a private level. Mm-hmm. But he, um, Jacques Vallée, uh, he feels that a lot of what's going on, there's a psychic aspect that somehow this phenomena is connecting with people on a deeper level. Okay. Um, and to only to a certain people that are, or to certain people that are sort of considered empaths or... I mean, possibly. Um, yeah. Some I mean, people are more sensitive to this force, for lack of a better word. It, it seems like some certain individuals are more targeted okay. um, by ETs, by abductions, so to speak. And if they're targeted once, they're targeted again. Like, yes. Hence, when you hear these abduction stories, it's not the first time they've been probed, is it? Right. Well, um, I had been contacted by one of the witnesses to the fire in the sky event over in Arizona probably know of Travis Walton. The abduction was uh, taken, uh, was it five days? Yeah. Uh, one of the witnesses- He had missing time or something, yes, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. And they they thought that, uh, the police thought that he'd been murdered or foul play and they'd um, done lie detector tests. But anyway, um, uh, one of the people that witnessed the abduction, um, he had come to me, um, he didn't give me permission to share his name, but he's told me that he's had ongoing contact at him and his daughter and they were having this weird uh kind of like holographics on their skin they came to me and i said look so i don't really have experience with et kind of stuff i don't feel like i capable of helping with it. i actually put them put them on to dr barry taff who's a well-known parapsychologist who has some experience a lot of experience with poltergeist cases but also some um a daily uh, alien abduction cases as well very interesting but he told me he'd actually um this guy had gone out to the ranch up to the front gate but he uh, very interested um uh, like me kind of very passionate yeah. but things do happen yeah. uh, it seems like once it plugs in even george knapp mentioned this there seems to be a piggyback type effect that once it's touched you in some way you are likely to have other events throughout your life it may come up as different things okay i really want to go there now I really, you've just given me this, just all this hope that I'm going to see all this cool stuff. And well, it, it does react to people that visit. Visit, um, yep. but, but then you get people like uh, George Knapp, who's been out there. He's never seen anything. They put him out there in the middle of the night in the field where all these cattle mutilations have taken place, and he's never had anything. Well, maybe, maybe it's a pre-selection process, you know, where where certain people can see these things and certain people can't because they've been, you know, microchipped by aliens. What do you think of that idea? I uh, (laughs) You don't know? Or it could be more of a, because as as you mentioned, connecting on a sort of spiritual level or 
scientifically a frequency. Maybe some people's frequency is just more in tune with the frequency being output by whatever this but are this um, omnipotent sort of being is or, or omnipotent beings? Well, I think so. I think that's quite a valid point that mm-hmm. people are uh, connecting on a deeper level, whether they know it. You know, we talk. We can talk about you know, extra sensory perception. Sure. Um, Dr. Barry Taff has done studies into that, showing that, uh, yes, there are certain individuals that are very sensitive we, yeah, we actually had this discussion on a um, previous show we did on psychics that um, I, basically I hypothesized that um, some people, you know, might – we were talking about psychics, uh, you know, and the determination was most of them are charlatans. But, but I think some of them are charlatans, but at the same time I think there is people who genuinely believe they have this ability. So um, I just think it's – people that are more in touch with their emotions certainly pick up on things. If, if you've ever been with someone like my sister's a bit like this, she'll go into a house and she says she can feel the emotion of the house and, and you know, if something bad's happened in the past, she'll pick up on that and say, I don't like this house, I'm leaving. I've, I've seen her leave open homes and stuff like that because she didn't like the vibe in there. You know, and me, I'm walking around like a dope just saying I'm not feeling anything. But I think there's people that are more in touch with their emotions, typically women because they um, – you know that's that's their strong point over men, um, yeah. And I think that's the way the way it is. Their perception is heightened, and they're a lot more intuitive uh, than other people. And that intuition helps them sort of channel these these sort of things. So they could be the people that are susceptible to uh, this unseen force. Well, I, I'm one of those people. I mean, yeah. I've had many experiences. Some of the things I've seen will turn your blood cold. Some of the stuff is very frightening. Blood cold, like a reptilian. Well, yeah, some of the <laughs> stuff. Um, when you go and help people directly that are having problems, some some of those entities come after you. Really? So your your spiritual aspect has to be very strong. Are you a religious man though, as well? I I used to be, yeah. not really now. Okay. And what what faith were you? Uh, I was, well, I was LDS you know, back when you know, yeah, as a young man. Yeah. I even had premonitions about that when yeah. I was like. Like I had something happen uh, just before someone died. I had this warning that that uh, someone was going to drown uh, over at Lake Papoki in Auckland. So you felt quite at home in in uh, in Utah then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some nice people. Yes. There's some familiarity with the people. And oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Look, I was there in 1995. I didn't know about Skinwalker Ranch at that time. Yeah. Boy, if I had known about that. What what piqued your interest? Was it going to the US, or had you already always had that your whole life? Or do you think it's a knock on effect from this this Empath ability you have. Um, I've had some, I've had some encounters with people who have passed on. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Are I, you saying you've seen the ghost? Is it? What yes. You, okay. I've seen them with other people as well. Okay. Wide awake. Not. You mean two two people saw the same? Yes, thing. we've okay. seen the same apparition. Yeah. And only like like what seven eight feet away from us, okay. seen the same. Well, thing. tell us about that because you know it's a rainy Friday day, Friday afternoon here in Auckland. Well, um, I was working with. Um, um, a psychic medium. Uh, this lady, she she doesn't like any public attention. You can't look her up or anything. She just pretty much helps people with her mouth. Um, she uses a very much uh, spiritual approach to helping people. She's highly sensitive. Um, she had been over at my place. Um, we were in the bedroom at one time, and we both all of a sudden we see this old lady 
the scraggy old lady just float right in front of us, across the room, staring at both of us at the same time. We both, I couldn't believe our eyes. I mean, this was like wide awake. It wasn't a dream. We went on any substances. It was, it was really bizarre. Um, stuff like that. I, I mean, I've seen people uh, nearly get killed by some of this phenomena as well. I've seen many possessions um, and 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 actually the psychic, not this one lady, but uh, another psychic was very embarrassed by what happened. She lost, she became dizzy, she became weak, she couldn't stand up. All of a sudden her personality changed. Prior to her, 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 uh, this condition, she warned us we had to leave this graveyard in this little old uh, western town. Uh, There's something very bad. We had to leave the area immediately. Um, she was filming for a pilot program. She had a cameraman there. Basically, they put down their cameras. They didn't want this on camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, But her, it all of a sudden, these voices started taking over. Everybody was shocked. It was, there was probably about 11, 12 of us. There was three of us that went up to help her. I was one of them. And basically, I told this entity, look, leave this lady alone. Get out. And they're saying, we're staying. We're not going to leave her. And so I basically went head to toe with this. I mean, I have had some very frightening encounters. So I know I've dealt with some of these beings before. I've been under siege. So, I'm so you, you sort of the demonic entity, is that the best way to describe it? Um, they are very rare. Um, there are some very powerful entities out there that uh, some of the stuff I've had happen to me is unbelievable. And it was just shocking. It would be something like out of a horror movie, some of the stuff. And especially like when I was younger, it affected other people in the family. Neighbours had seen things, um, this apparition. And uh, I think you think you know that we had a poltergeist that had scared us out of the house in the 80s. We, it was terrifying. I'm interested in knowing what age you were when this started. Um, well, about that time, the well, actual poltergeist incident um, I don't know that I'll say exactly the part of Auckland it occurred in, but... Um, it wouldn't be good for resale value, would it? Um, well, that and uh, there's then other people involved want any any attention whatsoever. I, I didn't even talk about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I had this personal quest inside myself to figure out what happened. You know, there's a theory that, that um, um, psychokinesis comes from... Um, youth, uh, you know, uh, people going through, you know, young people going through puberty, particularly teenage girls, that there's some sort of energy that might be getting um, coming through them, uh, uh, you know, something that could be in a very negative environment, a battery-like effect, and that somehow uh, maybe they're, they're actually causing it themselves. But I suspect just from studying and from my personal experience that if this was the case, you could go to a place like, say, for example, orphanage, now, you would think that, yes, troubled youth, a lot of troubled youth in, a, in, a, in one place, that you would be getting a lot of that kind of stuff in those kinds of environments. But you don't really hear things like that. At least I haven't. Okay, you're talking about sort of a big ball of negative energy. Yes. You know, surrounding the place. But do you have that? Do you have a, that sensation? Can you walk into a, you know, building? It doesn't have to be old or necessarily you know, with a reputation, but can you walk in somewhere and feel at, at you know uneasy about it? Yeah, really? um, sometimes I I can pick up on what they look like. I, I look, I won't I won't make the claim that this works all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. I pick up on stuff I don't really want to be open because you can pick up on other people's emotions. 
And um, like if someone's going through a divorce that you know, you can pick up that. And you it, it doesn't matter if someone's alive or dead. You can pick up now. When I was in the washroom club in in Virginia City, um, Nevada, northern Nevada, um, I picked up on some entity. I walked into a room. I got this instant feeling you don't belong here. We picked up EVP saying leave, and then um, we got attacked with this energy. We all felt sick to our stomach, dizzy. Something grabs me. My trouser leg on camera and, and actually gets caught on camera. Pulls my trouser leg. I had an infrared camera. My kids were shocked. They saw this. I was standing in the middle of this room. I had this feeling that I walked into a room where they were playing like a card game or something. I had this feeling I walked in. You know when you walk into a room, all of a sudden people are looking at you. I had this weird feeling like, oh, oh, oh I was like embarrassed kind of feeling. Yeah. And But this thing grabs my trouser leg on camera. You can see that. Uh, and you can hear the words like leave. I did some um, uh, some test questions like what are the na- what's the name of this place? Um, and they said Washu. I got instant responses, intelligent, wanting. So sometimes I pick up on stuff. It, it does not happen all the time. It, and you pretty much, for me, I have to task myself to that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get that all the time. And actually, I think I'm pretty glad I don't. So you don't walk down Queen Street and, like, get attacked by interdimensional wolves and things like that? No. Okay. I, it's, not, I, it's not that severe. Then. No, I. Uh, some people can be like that, but you have to learn, as a sensitive, you have to learn to um, shield yourself from stuff because it can be really bad. Mm-hmm. It can get really bad. Um, ha- but how frequent does this happen, you know? Um, if I go on a paranormal investigation, um, look, a lot of my thought is on my equipment mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard, but if I'm getting stuff that's coming to me that is not from me, that I try to, I've learned to sort of pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, look, I, I've got them on camera. I'm picking up on some of their names coming through and you can hear the responses directly from the spirit box. They, they were running from me. They were like, they were pretty scared because I was picking up on these other beings uh, you can watch my video on the Washer Club, um, my latest video that I did. It goes to and that's on hauntedman.net. Uh, haunted you can it? go through there, but yeah. it's my YouTube link. Okay. But um, basically, Ghost Adventures had been there and um, um, you know, various paranormal TV shows have been a very, very active place. What's your favorite one of those paranormal shows? I like Ghost Brothers. Oh, gosh, but I, yeah. so I haven't been following stuff so much lately. I mean, yeah. I don't have a I mean, you've got to take them with a grain of salt, these shows, but um, there's my In terms of straight entertainment, it's got to be Ghost Brothers for me. I, oh. just, I just like because it's a bit different, you know. Obviously, the, the, the demographic's a bit different, um, but it's, it's good. It's fun. It's enjoyable, and they actually go to some real spooky places. Every time they go to a plantation in Florida, I almost sort of – crap myself basically because it's um there's always spooky stuff happening you've been to florida or like to a plantation uh, i i haven't or, i haven't been nah. in florida no or georgia or anywhere down south anyway yeah i've been to some of like around mississippi but it wasn't really for a panel related stuff yeah um if let me just put this out there if any of these spirits sense that you can sense them they'll yep. be on you Yep. And, and my life was spinning out of control. I had to learn how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. So I took some classes on what they call spiritual defense, where you have to take back your own space. You'll get stuff that will where, where do you take a class for spiritual defense? Um, there's different ones. Um, Through a church or something. Like that. Uh, well, it's, I guess it all depends on what your belief system is and that. But I went through a psychic medium who's uh, helped a lot of people in the past. I worked with 
Dr. Barry Taff. Um, um, she, uh, I, I think she's kind of stopped doing it because she some bad stuff had happened to her. There's some very dangerous stuff out there. Um, you just don't know if you don't go and deal with this kind of stuff. It's like the policemen, you know, police see things that normal people wouldn't see. It's kind of the same thing with the paranormal, really. Yeah. But um, I had learned about what they call the chakras or the energy centers in the body and how to work with those and, and shutting those down and basically kind of shielding your energy is really important. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're sensitive in any way, that can, it's essential, especially like paranormal. You, you can have stuff all your home. Yeah. Uh, and I remember reading a story. Um, I'd have to look it up again because I can't quite remember the name of the book. But basically, a, um, a family was sort of under siege by a sort of a poltergeist, and they said, "Oh, you know, we're out of here. We're selling this house and moving on." But then the the ghost moved with them. It's quite an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? Well, that, that happens a lot. It does. Um, yeah, the people get followed, and, and see so people. A lot of people just are really embarrassed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're comfortable talking with you personally. Um, I, I I bet that anybody that's listening to this right now, you know people have seen ghosts. Mm-hmm. Now, they may not tell you about it or they're too embarrassed to talk about it. Like some of my family members have had similar stuff to me in some ways worse, but um, but they don't want to talk about it because they're with someone that's uh, total skeptic. They don't want to be made fun of. Mm-hmm. But, yes, uh, this, this happens um, quite a bit. People get followed. Yeah, and so you pretty much have to figure out what's going on with these entities. Why are they attached to these people? Is it something that they like an antique? Um, they attach to a mirror, antique mirror. Uh, yeah, there could be something about the land. These are people that are haunted as well. They get uh, they just have certain gifts. Thinking outside the square a little bit here, Skinwalker Ranch. Do you think a, a place could have an attachment like a person does to these? So these entities? Oh, for sure. Skinwalker Ranch is a haunted area, a very, very haunted area. The Ute Indians, in like hundreds of years, they warned their people about going to that area. Mm-hmm. Keep away from that area of the ranch. It's even got a spooky name, doesn't it? So Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, yeah Skinwalker. Yeah. What is a Skinwalker? I mean, it's, it's something in Native American law. Um, Basically, you know, a, a bad egg, a bad spirit, something like that, you know, that comes and eats your children at night. I might have embellished that. Apologies if anyone's offended. But, um, yeah, from what I understand. Um, but what, what they say, um, the um, according to legend, they come through the Navajo people, Navajo mm-hmm. Indians, um, them and the Utes, they fought. And um, the uh, Navajos didn't fare very well. So it's thought through the Utes, or at least some of the Utes, that they would send these, um, um, the Navajos would send these shape-shifting witches, so basically sorcerers that could shape-shift, that could run like faster than a car. Um, a lot of the people are very, I, I've never had an experience with anything like that, like, there's some thoughts that they could be Bigfoot related. Um, the thing about the theory behind skinwalkers is that you can never trust them because they're self-serving, very evil and self-serving. So you could never trust um, them being loyal to you to take vengeance on any of your enemies. What was the name of the um, giant bird? Is it the Thunderbird? That the Native Americans have? Oh, yes. I, I don't really know much about them. There's no. been stuff that has flown past like... Um, Gwen, I think her name's Gwen Sherman. 
there's these big things that flew past her. I mean, that was the uh, rancher's wife at yes at, at Skinwalker. Yeah, okay. That's right. Yeah. Not only did they have UFOs, they had these things like dinosaur footprints or dinosaur-like really? footprints in um, that they had found. Uh, there were perfect rings um, on the ice uh, in the creek, and that just a lot of. Really weird stuff. I mean, and was this stuff prehistoric or is it sort of more recent tracks? Or uh, recent? I mean, there's that that huge wolf that that looked like a, a wolf that had been extinct for some ten thousand years. Um, Terry could have been a Nazi experiment on episode five of Occam's Razor. We talked about um, you know Nazi Nazi science and their preoccupation with bringing back ancient beasts or, or genetically modifying beasts to, uh, you know, to make them useful in battle, effectively. Yes, I've heard about uh, the <laughs> Nazis. I'm just wondering if this giant wolf has any correlation with that. Well, I suspect there's um, it's just a personal opinion that, that stuff's coming through these portals. Mm-hmm. There's at least two portals. Craft have been seen with a different... Uh, sky like the the ranchers seen uh, seen them. The sky open up, craft would come through. Uh, even uh, some of the scientists saw stuff. Mm-hmm. Hard nosed, skeptical scientists saw stuff. Yeah, and and these guys, like I, I take my my hat off to them, because they put their reputation online. Uh, most scientists will not even touch this subject with with the barge pole. Well, I mean, they've got that peer review pressure, don't they? Scientists, yes. You know, and it's it's like not like someone me who's a bit out there. You know, I'm happy to say if I saw a UFO, um, you know, Bigfoot, giant wolf, anything like that manifesting, I would I'd be all over the airways, you know, telling everyone and posting it on Facebook and Instagram and all sorts of carry on and wouldn't think twice about it. But you know, a lot of people are a lot more conservative and would rather keep their thing to themselves. You know, which I. I say I think it's dumb because we're in 2019 now, you know. There's a lot of loonies out there. People aren't going to point and laugh if you say you saw a UFO. Well, you know what I think too? There's another reason behind it. It's because because of our psychology. Yeah. Uh, our rules and our psychology, like you can be committed if they think you're a danger to yourself or a danger to other people. Yeah. And some of the questions they can ask you to indicate psychosis is, one, are you gifted? Um, do you see things that other people don't see, like hallucinations and quotations, in other words? Yeah. Um, so people, there's also that fear. So as the well. mental health element. Comes oh yes, it. yeah. So it's like something happened in, in in the place where I'm living. There was a lady that set the hell the place on fire, and she was screaming, attacking her boyfriend. I believe it was her boyfriend. He thought she was possessed. But a lot of very bizarre stuff happens, and the question is, is it a mental health related or is it a supernatural or is it a combination of both? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, if you're having problem with, with spritz, heck, that can affect your mental health, yeah. Yeah. That definitely can affect your mental health. So, I mean, do they, for someone who's not sensitive to these things, do, example, do they pop images into your head? Do they show themselves? Do they tell you to do things? Do they let you know they're there in some other way? Is it telepathic? Um, um, how do they communicate? There's a variety of ways. Like yeah. I've had one put put its finger through my arm. I felt something, and and, a, and it came out in the pressure of a finger on my my right arm. Really? I've had, and some of the effects can be very physical. Um, like for example, uh, uh, having been with um, one of the teams I was on, um, the director. We were in a, a residence, and he he's a big guy. We had three scratches 
from the top of his lower part of his neck all the way down to his waist, a big guy, like, I think like three, five, well, pretty heavy guy. He couldn't re- even reach around with his arms to even do that to himself. He pulled up his back. I've had some, there's so many different things that can happen to you. So anytime people go and do this kind of stuff, you have to take it very seriously because there's a number of things to happen. I've, I mean, I, it doesn't matter if you're skeptical or not. I mean, you, you've got to be in those environments where it happened. Even Dr. Barry Taft said that there are some ghosts that will target skeptics in some houses. You know, really? like, you, yeah. Like, you want to send the amazing Randy over to this haunted house and I'll go nah, after him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no longer with us now, is he? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Or if he is, he's very old. Yeah. It's um, amazing in himself he's still alive. Yeah. Um, I thought I could have sworn he died, James Randy. We'll have to check that. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I could be talking out of my, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, excellent. I'll roll. Well, again, very comprehensive this week. Um, we've covered many, many topics. I just sit there in awe and just listen to you, you know, and, and you recount your experiences and so forth. Uh, so, Skinwalker Ranch. In conclusion, the hard science is not revealing too much about it. There could be science we don't know about. There could be science that wasn't released. What's your What's your take on the place? Well, the thing I liked about the National Institute for Discovery Science is they revealed a lot of their reports. They mm-hmm. had veterinarians that went and studied the necropsies on. Uh, they they examined any strange fluids around some of the. Um, the colorization points where organs had been removed. They had done a thorough investigation. They tested, the, they did air sampling. They tested the plants, so any psychedelic effects of plants. They t- did um, testings of the soil. Uh, they, I mean, they they tested it pretty thoroughly. But there was always that aspect that um, these beings, whatever they are, was one step ahead of them. They even had. Um, one of these intelligences went and ripped, destroyed their security cameras. They had cameras facing each other, had ripped, I believe it was about three feet worth of conduit and duct tape, completely tore it out in a split second. And so you'd was, have to be a giant wolf to do that. Well, you right? had to be invisible. Okay. <laughs> oh, it didn't, it, yeah. it didn't capture anything. They had this camera. Was, there was another camera facing that camera. Yeah. And it didn't show anything. There was cattle that had come. Usually, cattle scatter if anybody walks through the area. And they, um, I know uh, Colonel John Alexander, one of the people that was involved in the study, he talked about how they looked at everything like that the angle that somebody would have had to come in on the camera to get behind a pole, but it just it wouldn't have worked. Okay. Uh, so it was really interesting, but I think that it's got a very solid cause for paranormal, considering all the many, many people. And the new landowner, what are they doing with the land? Well, they paid a lot of money for it. Um, uh, they're c- keeping themselves highly secret, even more secret than Bigelow. Um, I suspect, I kind of suspect who it might be because of some information I've been given uh, on a personal level, but um, they um, apparently have um, trademarked Skinwalker Ranch name. Mm-hmm. So I believe there's actually financial interest. There's a fi- there's a scientific interest, but I believe there's an 
Definitely, and because of the the history of this place has a huge entertainment potential to it as well. So yes, anybody could just say, yeah, it's money related because yeah, you could probably make a lot of money doing movies off this place. Or just tourism. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you see, the risk is because it's quite a big industry developing um, or already developed with the ufology and of Nevada and Utah and all that sort of areas. And there's a lot of people um, like in the movie Paul when they get a. And they get a motorhome and they go out and find the alien in the desert and all that sort of stuff. There's, there's an industry of people doing that now, isn't there? There's, there's shops and diners and, yeah. and, and you know, souvenirs and trinkets and novelties and things like that. It's it's very big in the United States. I mean, there's a lot of, like I remember you know, being over there, there's a lot of different paranormal teams in each state. Uh, it's quite big. Like New Zealand, not so much, but definitely it's big in, in America. It's a big thing. Well, Bob Bigelow should uh, put up. Um, some of his cheap hotels there. Well, um, yeah, he's kind of a hard man to get to, but mm-hmm. I, I respect him in that he he conducted a a full scale scientific study and that he actually started it. I believe it was Coast to Coast AM. I believe he actually started it back in Aunt Del, Bell's day. Um, I believe it was called Area Two Thousand. Mm-hmm. So he'd actually started the radio station. So he put a lot of his own funds into this whole subject. Yeah. I mean, unlike anybody, private individual that's known. But I think he's genuinely interested in it. Oh, yeah. In, in finding out what's going on. Yeah, there. for sure. I mean, it's not just a, you know, he's not just funding a, a black po- a project or research into something, you know, unclassified. He's, um, I think he generally wants the truth himself, you know, and, yeah. and having the means to do that. And he's employing the best to, to do it. Well, there's people like um, Steven Spielberg that yeah. um, is very interested, and we're familiar with his films. He's very interested in the subject matter. Well, he's never seen anything. It's, it's, you know, it's set up for a movie really, isn't it, is the first thing. Um, someone's, you know, probably a work of fiction, but someone's going to make some money off it. I can see that coming. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of interest. And look, Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. The very bizarre stuff does happen. Yeah. And, and and getting it on camera, see, that's my goal is getting stuff on camera. So give people your YouTube uh, um, address again. The best way is to go through hauntedman.net. And at the top I have a YouTube link. You can go through there and I've got a variety of videos. Um, you can see people. Uh, one we'll guy. put a link up to it on the yeah. uh, Occam's Razor pages as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. But there's people uh, nearly getting killed uh, in a mine. And uh, I mean, pretty some major stuff. But I'm very interested because of my own personal history. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thanks for coming on again, Mark. No, thanks for having me. It's uh, Mark Appel, Episode 7, Occam's Razor. Join us next time where we have Roger Stankovic from MUFON, the Australasian Director of the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, He's been on the show before, but he's got some uh, big stories to talk about. Um, And we're going to press him on the disclosure movement that seems to be happening at the moment in the wake of the Bob Lazar revelations, which is uh, blowing up on Netflix. So we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. (laughs) 